In a world that can be challenging and at times unpredictable, it's hard to find moments to focus on what you need. Join Stephanie James on The Spark as she guides you to use your inner flame to ignite your best life. As a best-selling author, psychotherapist, transformational life coach, and international show host, Stephanie is dedicated to helping you create a life that takes you, your goals, and your passions to the next level so you can live a life that is fully lit up and fully alive. She believes that your life is meant to be a beautiful expression of the things that light you up, that by living your dreams, you give permission to others to do the same. Are you ready to feel alive and inspired to fuel your dreams and put a fire behind your desires? Let's ignite a spark in one another that will illuminate the world. The Spark with your host, Stephanie James, starts now. Welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. So happy for you to join me tonight. Absolutely thrilled at my guest tonight, Peter Katz. Can't wait to tell you more about him and share this amazing interview with you. Just sending love out there right now. I know right now we're all needing to take time out, take time to befriend ourselves, make ourselves a priority in our own lives. And you can do that just by taking some time for yourself in the morning, whether you wake up, journal, meditate, whatever that is, give yourself the first half hour, and then you show up for everyone else so much more resourced. So I want to introduce to you the wonderful Peter Katz. We're talking today. Peter is a Canadian singer-songwriter. He is absolutely phenomenal. I am sure that you've heard of him. He did this amazing redo of Halo that got like 20 million views. Um, absolutely an incredible human being. I got the privilege of meeting him at the NSA National Speaker Association Conference. He won, or excuse me, he was nominated for the 2012 Juno Award for Music DVD of the Year. He's got a new album that's coming out, City of Our Lives. So thrilled to have you here, Peter. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Stephanie. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, there's so much that I want to dive in and talk to you about. You shared, you were one of the speakers at NSA, and then I just had the luck of being able to sit with you at breakfast and just have a wonderful conversation I, I was so touched by your story that you shared on stage. And I'm wondering if, if you'd be willing to rewind a little bit to when you were young, what inspired you to even get into music in the first place? Well, I think there was different stages to it. So as a little kid, I loved music. It was something that I think like a lot of kids, it was a fun thing to do. I started on the violin and the piano and I was the youngest of four. I, I am the youngest of four kids and uh, my siblings all were in music lessons and my my mom played piano. My dad uh, sort of dabbled <laughs> in various instruments. And so music filled our home. and And so it was just something that I loved to do. And then when I was 12 or so, I connected with the guitar and that kind of changed things for me because for whatever reason, when I started on the guitar, I had the impulse to write and it just writing seemed accessible all of a sudden where 
as I was learning all these songs by my favorite artists, I realized, oh, all of these songs are three chords, four chords, pretty basic patterns. I can do this. And so I, I wrote my first song soon after that. It was called My Best Friend. And I wrote it for my best friend. And um, <laughs> and and that is is what made music go from this thing that I love to do to this thing that I I kind of had to do. And Paulo Coelho in The Alchemist talks about this idea that, and I'm, forgive me, Paulo Coelho, if I'm, if I'm misquoting you, <laughs> uh, but you know, the essence of the, the idea is like, once your heart speaks to you, you can never unhear it. And I think mm. when I started writing my own music, my heart spoke to me and said, this is, this is what you're meant to be doing. And, and I started I started wanting to process life through that lens. So if I had a significant experience, if I was walking through the world in some way and, and something struck me, I wanted to turn it into a song, which sometimes is an affliction. <laughs> sometimes you're like, can I just have an experience and not need to turn it into anything? Uh, but no, I can't. And so I, uh, I've, I've accepted that embraced it and and i'm i'm grateful in fact that i have all of these songs all of these albums all of these these time stamps really that that are almost they're almost like foreshadow foreshadowing or they, they, they're like they, i my songs all all almost always are ahead of my consciousness like i catch up to them and i realize oh that's how i feel about it or oh i, I didn't realize this but I actually wrote it six months ago, but I didn't, I hadn't internalized it until now. So, um, so I, as much, this is a long answer to question, but as, as much as I think about what I do as music, it, to me, it's more than that. It's, it's music, it's songwriting. Uh, that's kind of what I do. Yeah. That, that was the perfect length for that answer because <laughs> I, I, I love that. And it's it's something that sounds like just it comes through your soul. You know, it's something that really speaks to you when you were saying it's it's a you know consciousness that's sometimes ahead of you. Hmm. So it it sounds just like this incredible, almost like this divine spark that gets ignited within you. Yeah, and it's it's been the key to my life. Like the fact that I'm a that I've put music out into the world has been my my door into like everything that I love and care about. And, and obviously that includes my, my music career, but it also includes my speaking career. It also includes the youth mentoring work that I do every summer. It includes all these unique, special friendships and relationships and connections with people. I mean, you and I are speaking right now because I put music out into the world. And so I feel a deep gratitude that that has been what I've done with my life because it it's it's sort of accelerated connection. It's accelerated um, access to experiences and and as I said before, it's it provides me with these these timestamps of of my life. It it helps me see my my progress and my evolution. It helps me feel like I can connect with Peter from that moment in time and 
understand him or have compassion for him or learn from him because maybe I forgot something that I used to know that I got to remember, whatever that might be. So it it feels so connected to to who I am. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious for you, was there an influence, a, a certain, you know, genre of music or a certain artist that really inspired you? Or I'm sure there's been different ones throughout the journey. What was one of your first inspirations? Well, my favorite, my favorite bands when I was like a little kid were Queen and Billy Joel. Uh, those were I, I had Billy Joel's greatest hits and I had like Queen's greatest hits also. Uh, I was just, whenever I have a meeting with, with my team, I always put music on and I, I put on some Freddie Mercury this morning. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so th- those were kind of my, my foray into it. And then when I was a teenager, I got into uh, like the smashing pumpkins and Radiohead and, and a little more, a little more of that, angst energy and then and then as I got a little bit older I I really gravitated to singer songwriters Leonard Cohen Joni Mitchell Bob Dylan um and and truthfully I I also was influenced by the artists that I have toured and played with because I I spent so much time listening to their music and so um so just yeah, some some great artists out there that that um, that have had a huge influence on on my music as well. It's so beautiful. I love it. I love that journey. I Queen is one of my favorites. So <laughs> I to- still to this day, I love that you're still playing it and and being so inspired good. by it. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things you were talking about at the NSA conference that you shared was this relationship you had with your brother. Mm. and the song that you wrote around that. Can you speak about that? Yeah, so that moment in my talk is I'm, I'm talking about this idea of lifelines, and lifelines for me are those those like one or two key people with whom there's no disconnect between how you feel you need to be on the outside and how it feels to be who you are on the inside. And those are pretty special connections because um sometimes we don't even have that level of connection with with the people that we think we should or like our own parents or something like that there's there's sometimes gaps or um people that we spend a lot of time with whether that's our work colleagues but again there's these there's these gaps and so to have those people that you feel truly seen by and you feel just unconditionally accepted by um are are very very precious and so my brother is is one of those people Uh, my sisters as well um but I I happened to write a song called brother because um I was doing a songwriting session with another songwriter and and we were talking about we were sort of trying to find our common ground and see what we might write about and I was sharing how I'm the baby of four and he shared he's one of the older siblings of five and and we got this idea of writing a little brother big brother duet and um and I had already written songs for each of my sisters and I hadn't written one for my brother yet because like he's the oldest and he's, he just sort of was far enough in age that we didn't have that kind of competitive brother thing. He was, he was like my, 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 my other caretaker. And, and he's just, 
he is just such a such a warm kind he's like the best man i know on planet earth and so he really did take me under his wing and he really was this hero figure to me and so it was hard to to write a song for him because it was just there was almost like too much information that flooded to my mind as i tried to process it so um, but it was nice being able to co-write that with Royal Wood as the artist I wrote that song with. And, and I, I use the song in, in my keynote um, just to, I, I, it's, I, I share it connected to a story about having an anxiety attack and how um, having these lifelines in place really were essential for me making it through that moment. And so my encouragement to people is to, to not wait until the acute moment to nurture those relationships. Um, you want to have nurtured those relationships over a long period of time so that when you're feeling the shame or the embarrassment or the, all the reasons to not reach out and you want to isolate and hide because of your, your big feelings, when you have that history built, um, it allows you to kind of cut through the fog and, and, and get that support that you need. So, um, so yeah, my brother is, has been, uh, uh, a beautiful support in my life and and now that we're older i i certainly try to be a support back to him as well well and i imagine he is so excited for you and that it's such a joy to see his little brother just continually creating and blossoming and blooming and having all these amazing experiences in the world yeah and i'm i'm excited for him he's a children's book author he also he's an, he's an english professor as well and um he's he's a he's about to publish his fourth book um with a like a, a major publisher here in canada and so um it's been nice to see his his light shining out there in the world as well and doing what he was meant to do oh that's so cool and i have to say the the other piece i want to make sure i acknowledge is just how wonderful it was that you are so authentic in your keynote speech and that you would share something so personal you know, and it's just one of the things I think I spoke to you about, you know, as we were sitting there talking during breakfast is that is just one of the powerful things I think about your music. And it's so powerful about what you share with your audience. You're just really real. And I think that's what really touches people's hearts. Thank you. It's uh, I come by it, honestly. <laughs> well, and so talk talk a little bit about the, so this this new album city of our lives and is the song come down from that album yeah so city of our lives is is out now um it, it had a bit of a uh i am working on a, a, a an even newer album now um but uh it it had a i don't know a perilous journey because of the pandemic and so it was supposed to originally come out at april 2020 2020 <laughs> which which was not a great time um and so it's it was i mean it actually had more misadventures prior to that it was supposed to come out like a year before that and um anyways there's a bunch of misadventures and and actual tragedies that happened along the way but um uh but yes it uh it's like my career was based on live touring that's how i marketed and did what i did what i did and so um i worked so hard on that album for so long and took an enormous risk in in making it i i you know i had always been more of a kind of a folk singer songwriter artist and i i made this 
big bold pop record uh because that's what i wanted to do and fell in love with and um so we we didn't get to like do the thing that i wanted to do with it but um i'm still so proud of it i actually might sound weird but i was on a long drive the other day and i put it on and i was like i still love this which is a big <laughs> which is a big that's not easily achieved and um yeah, so Come Down is uh, is one of the songs from that album. Oh, my gosh. And I just want to invite everyone to check out that album. And that song, Come Down, I think I've watched the video like 10 times, mm. um, you know, in the last two months since I met you. Um, it's just so powerful, as as all your music is. I mean, I just, wow, it's just so cool. And the choir that you had that comes in, oh, my gosh. And yeah, I love that moment. Yeah. And so I was thinking as I was watching that video, I was wondering when you're writing music, mm -hmm. are you, are you hearing all the different pieces come in, Peter? Like, are you hearing the different instruments and then, you know, how that choir would come in or how does it download for you? Uh, it really depends. Some, some like, I, this has been a bit of an evolution for me too. So for years and years and years, I would just write at the guitar and then I started writing at the guitar and the piano. And then in more recent years, uh, I actually put the guitar and the piano away and I would write in pro tools, which is like a recording software and you build a drum beat or you build mm. um, like just a, a chord progression or something. And, and I, I like to do that just so that you kind of, fall out of your usual habits and you you write melody in a different way than you're used to it and just it's just good to shake yourself up in any creative process um and so if i'm writing more from a producer's perspective then then i am thinking about the sort of the instrumentation and that kind of stuff but i, I mean i need to give a lot of credit to the producers that i've worked with so a lot of the times i'm bringing you know, a, a voice memo of a song and, 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 uh, or a, a, a crude recording of the song and then, and then working with a producer to turn it into what it becomes for come down in particular. Uh, I was actually in LA working with this amazing producer named uh, Eric Alcock. And, um, and he did some songs on Eminem's records and stuff. And so he had these like Eminem platinum albums on the wall. He actually just did <laughs> Celine Dion's newest album. So, um, so I was like a little bit intimidated, but I was in such a flow of writing that day that he just, he just built that drum beat, like the doom, -ch, the doom, -ch, which mm -hmm. I just thought was awesome and he had a piano in the room and i just walked over to the piano and i played i played the chorus of the song and then so and he like got really excited about that chorus and then and then i was like he took the piano that i laid down and he took this drum beat and he started filling it in a bit and then while he did that i wrote all of those lyrics in an extremely short period amount of time i was just like in total flow and he turned around and he's like, what you got? And I just sang the whole song and he was, he was like, wow, uh, that was, uh, that was quite something. And I think because I was in this studio with him where he was like, worked with Eminem and that kind of stuff. I, I just ended up writing, I'm not fully rapping or something, but it's the, the lyrics 
or the way that the melody is, is, is much more of a hip hop influence than it is a pop influence um, or a folk influence. And so I, I love that. Like, I just love like what happens when I meet that influence in the middle, it's that feels something that's kind of unique to me. So um, anyways, that was a, that was a special one. Yeah. It's like, you just opened yourself up to the energy that was there in the studio. Yeah. And then it was like, it just flowed through. It just came to you. And I love that creative flow where you're just truly open and it's not even, it's not even in your head, right? It's like, it's just coming through you. Yeah. I think your job is to get your head out of the way basically. And, and it's not always like that. There's, there's many moments of banging your head against the wall. There's many moments of it not working. There's many moments of (laughs) frustration because you're, you're trying to create something that literally doesn't exist. So you have no concept of, is it good? Is it done? Do I need more? Do I need less? Is this line? Okay. But this one isn't like you're, you're, you're having to, uh, assess all of these things, but also not assess them too much and just kind of turn the tap on and, and get out of the way. Like put, put your bowl under the tap or your cup under the tap and, and let it come and then sort through it afterwards. So um, yeah, I, I've written hundreds of songs and I still sometimes feel like I have no idea how to write a song. Um, but every time I, I show up, to the well and lower my bucket, I at least get something. Yeah. Yes. And, and I'm wondering for you, what are the things, Peter, that like help ground you? What are the things like, do you have a morning practice or the special things that you do in your life that help you continue to open up to this flow or, you know, that help you really to be grounded so that you're present when these songs are, are coming to you? Yeah, I mean, specifically to songwriting, I, I definitely have parameters of of not multitasking, not checking social media or email or phone or you know, like you have I you have to create a bit of a sacred bubble around around the experience, um, uh, and certainly just as far as morning routines and those kind of things, um, it's essential. Uh, to for me to to have like physical like exercise some kind of movement in my life um i have a i've been working with a mindfulness coach for the last three years not specific to my creative practice more just processing life and and sort of giving Mm -hmm. myself um resources to 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 work through life's challenges and and be more present and all those kind of things but certainly mindfulness is a is a big part of my life and um and then I, I feel a deep connection to, to food. And, and, and so um, like I, I eat whole food, plant-based uh, AKA vegan, but, um, but I, I tend not to use the word vegan just because there's, there's like a politicized politicization of yeah. that around yeah, it. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's, I care really deeply about um what I put into my body. And, and I feel like that has such a big effect on, on my energy and my presence. And, and uh, so that, that's probably the the number one thing that, that is something that's a, a daily habit is, is just wanting to eat whole foods that are healthy, that are 
made from plants and that um, make me feel good and energized and, and healthy. And I feel like that's a, that's a huge part of, of kind of getting me through the day and allowing me to do the things that I want to do. Yeah. And what a mindfulness practice as well. I imagine because you have to be conscious about what you're putting in your body. Yeah. And I, I just, feel, I mean, I know it's, it's such a sensitive topic and there's like, <laughs> I, 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 I try to like not wade too far down there, but, um, but I, 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 I mean, I, I am deeply passionate about it and I, I deeply like it's, I'm not going to tell anybody else what to eat or those kind of things. But if you just think about it, like think about how you feel if you, like have seven beers and two Big Macs and like, like you just feel like, like clearly what you put into your body affects your energy, your fogginess. Like, like there's, there's such an obvious connection. Any, anybody I think would agree with what I just said. And so imagine if instead you are conscious about putting foods that, that kind of light your, light your, body and your microbiome up, uh, like how different might you feel? And I can speak from personal experience that it's, you can feel powerfully different. Yes. And I I don't feel like you're preaching it, Peter. I feel like you're just sharing your experience Mm -hmm. and it sounds amazing. I mean, truly that's, that's inspiring me. I'm like over here taking notes. Um, because that, I think that that's one of the things as someone personally, as a vitality coach, that's mm. something that I want to make sure that I'm being mindful of with my clients that I work yeah. with. Yeah. Because we know it's it's not just, you know, the heart and the mind, it's heart, mind, gut that keeps us truly balanced. Yeah. And there's so, I mean, there's just so much research around like kids that like what they ate for breakfast or if they ate breakfast and their ability to focus in school and their test scores, you know, all this kind of stuff. Like it, it's such an easy thing to forget <laughs> to, to be like, what did you have for breakfast when you're feeling all these different things? And um, even like, I'm mindful, like, like if I, if I've had a, a drink or two the night before, I'm, I'm like, Oh, I'm a little depressed today. Or like, 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 I'm like, if I, if I sort of draw the, 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 the map of my emotional state, I realize, and I'm not somebody who never drinks, but I certainly uh, drink much, much, much less than I used to because I just realize I'm like, Oh, this, this is going to affect, it affects me. And so what am I, what am I willing or not willing to do in order to show up in the ways that I want to show up tomorrow or, or a couple of hours from now. And um, again, every, everybody, everybody has to do their own thing and in, in their own time and in their own way. And, and it's, it's really not a, it's not a judgment, but uh, I have really benefited from being mindful about that. And, and, um, and so it's something that I'm, I'm always happy to, to share and, and kind of gently encourage or, be a companion alongside uh, those choices. Yeah. It sounds like it's had a profound effect on your life, on your energy. And so 
and and the question that it brought to mind for me is what else inspires you? I mean, you're passionate about music, you're passionate about food. You know, what what is it that inspires you that touches you in the way that I don't know if you I have this fly that's driving me crazy. <laughs> I just have anyone that's watching this video can see me swatting around here, but um, what else inspires you, Peter? What, what lights you up? Well, I mean, there's the, the quick list of things like being in nature, which I'm, I'm, I'm uh, in nature right now, staring at some trees and a beautiful lake, mm. which is, uh, which is lovely. Um, the thing that I've been really excited about or, or lit up by or inspired by, as you said. Um, so I, in in the, over the last several years, beyond my kind of singer singer songwriter life, I, I've been doing a ton of of I call them keynote concerts. So I I go into companies, organizations, associations, government, kind of everything under the sun, and I I give these keynote concerts. And part of my process for that is I obviously I interview the meeting planner or the CEO or kind of whoever's bringing me in, but I always ask them. I say, hey, can I? can I speak with some of the people that are going to be in the audience? Um, and, and so I've done hundreds of talks uh, over the last several years, and I've spoken to thousands of people in, in preparation for those talks. And what the net effect of that has been just a deep admiration and love for human beings and realizing that, there's, there's just inspiring people everywhere. And I think having lived in the, I'm an artist bubble for 15 years, you sort of think like, oh, it's only artists that are the interesting, cool, inspiring people on planet earth. And certainly as a, as a culture, we, we, we tend to idolize. Oh, I mean, (laughs) most artists like live in obscurity and are, are, told to get real jobs and then and then uh and then at a certain point they're valued which is a which is a whole other um whole other exploration uh, or topic of conversation but but nevertheless um like i i i had a conversation recently with an optometrist and you're you're like okay i don't i don't immediately associate inspiration with an optometrist uh but i was asking her like you know tell me about your journey and and when did you like what why did you decide to to do this as your career and she told me a story of being in Guatemala and she was uh like in her early 20s and she was volunteering at a at a clinic there and she told me that don't quote me on this but it's some some something like 70% of the people that uh are are clinically blind on planet earth don't need to be it's just that they don't have access to eye care and they don't have uh, they don't have access to glasses and, and cataract surgeries or whatever it might be and so she's at this clinic and with this man who's in his 70s who's been quote unquote blind his whole life uh, but he literally just needed access to glasses and so she she was on the team that put glasses on his eyes for the first time in his life and she started crying and I started crying just as she told the story of what it was like to see somebody experience vision for the first time. And so she decided in that moment that her life mission was going to be to bring vision to as many people as possible. And I'm like, and she talked about like 
her her image for her life is like when you fall into the hole and you climb out of the hole the first thing that you do is you turn around and you lower your hand and help the next person out of the hole and um i was like this person is incredible <laughs> and and i have these conversations with mortgage brokers and and you know obviously more obvious heroes like healthcare professionals and teachers but but really I, I, I was speaking with a, a courier. Uh, I was speaking to a large courier company and, and this guy is in his sixties, his kids are all grown and out of the house and he's a bachelor and he's, he's kind of got some free time on his hands. So on the weekends, he takes his delivery truck and he brings food to shelters and, you know, goes, picks it up from the, the people that are donating it and then delivers it to the people that need it. And I'm like, so that's what lights me up is just this idea that there's, there's so many beautiful humans out there that um, are worthy of having their stories told and of, of being celebrated. And, and I love, and maybe it's selfish, but I love knowing that that's what's, that's what's happening out there more than all the bad stuff that we hear about. Like most human beings are, are pretty darn good and, and, um, and they're, they're doing beautiful things out there. And I love capturing those stories. I love writing about it. I love listening to them. And I love turning that into the content that I share in my keynotes. And, and, um, and it just becomes part of how I see the world, which I find helpful in the times where the world seems like not such a nice place. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's why I think that's so essential what you're sharing. You know, I think that's my experience as well. Um, that it's so many more people are beautiful and have incredible stories. If we just pause mm-hmm. to listen, you know, and I love that you're doing that before you're speaking. I think that's such an essential key to touch that humanness. Mm-hmm. And I, I can think for myself when I've given keynotes myself, or even a workshop where, you know, there's hundreds of people there. And during the break, I literally stop and sit on the stage Mm. so that people can come up. And I literally like, I, I hold their hand as I look into their eye, Mm. you know, into their eyes. And I I want that human connection. I want to really just like what they are saying is important. Mm -hmm. Something that touched them, something that reminded them. I've had people come up and say, I'm going through a divorce and I have needed that. You know, I've needed Mm. this so much. When I woke up today, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make it through the day. Mm. And so, you know, it's those kind of things. And then you get that human element. And yeah, I love that because Mm. I absolutely agree. What we get sent to us, what's broadcast so much through the media is all that's wrong with the world. And there is so much that's right. Yeah. And it's, it's not a like rose colored glasses thing. Cause it is true that there's, there's terrible things and there's, there's bombs falling. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's terrible things that are, that are happening. Um, but the, we need to, I mean, this kind of goes back to what we're talking about earlier of, of like those, those things that we need to do on the micro level to take care of ourselves. And if we want to be, uh, soldiers of love and change and all these kind of things, we have to be really careful about what we're absorbing uh, through our 
our our sponges and i think especially as as um deep feelers um it needs to be extra extra cognizant of that because we run the risk of of hopelessness and um of despair and distress which puts us into fight or flight and survival mode and and then we're not able to be of service and so it's not that I don't acknowledge the, the terrible things. I know they're there, but I just like to also make sure I zoom out and see what's happening around the terrible thing. And you've seen this a lot in the Ukraine where there's obviously terrible tragedies that are happening. And uh, I saw an image of a, of a train station in Poland where all the Polish parents had brought all their strollers and left them on the train platform so that the parents that were arriving with nothing and their babies in their arms at least had a stroller and that that to me is is that's the human spirit right there um the the bombs and the the tragedies is is a we've lost ourselves when we're doing that we find ourselves when we're putting a stroller on a platform for for another human that we don't even know yeah yeah such important perspective, Peter. I, I love that piece of zooming out. You know, it's mm-hmm. not about putting your head in the sand. We, we can see what's going on in our world and to zoom out and see the other, you know, the other picture as well, because, you know, we know what we focus on expands mm-hmm. so that we can notice what's happening in the world and then focus on those things that are truly the love coming through, just like those people leaving those strollers. I mean, that's, That's so awesome. I love that story. So I want to make sure that we have time for you to talk about one of the really cool things that you're involved in, which is the summer camp that you do with these kids. Mm. And talk about that. Talk about what that's about. Yeah, well, there's a there's a a longer story that you heard uh, in my keynote uh, as far as how I ended up there. But the the short version of the story is that this youth mentoring program, it's called Faces, um, Faces Education, um, uh, had been using my music as part of their curriculum. And it's an outdoor program where they go hiking and rock climbing and white water canoeing. But it's, it's not, it's really not about hiking and rock climbing. It's about doing things that challenge um, the teenagers and them supporting each other and developing empathy and kind of human one-on-one skills and developing their integrity through these activities and through the processing of these activities and through supporting each other through them. And so this program had been using my songs completely unbeknownst to me. And uh, I ended up playing this show in Southern Alberta where they run this program. And there was this sold out theater with raging fans. And I was utterly confused as to what had occurred. Um, And long story short, they had organized this concert because they had reached out to my manager asking if I would come work for them and they had been turned down um, so they wanted to uh, I no one even told me um, and so they wanted to just kind of show me directly what they were doing and ask me if, if I would if I would come work for them and um, I was blown away uh, of course I said yes and that was 10 years ago and every summer since uh, I kind of worked my way up in the program. And now I'm the director of the program every summer. Now there's, there's, there's um, that we run 10 sessions. So I'm one of the directors of a, of a session. Um, And, uh, but it's, it's, it's like the best 
thing that I do in, in my life. And, and it's came completely out of the blue and I'm not there as Peter Katz, the musician or the speaker. I'm, I'm just there as the session lead and I'm responsible for these 40 kids. And I've got a staff of five or six adults um, who are like the small group leaders and um, it's kind of tech free, but we have a camera crew that captures the whole experience so that they can reconnect to the experience after the fact. And, um, but of course I play music for them and I, I share some of the stories and all that kind of stuff. But I think the there's been a few huge gifts that I I've gotten from that work. Um, one of the biggest gifts is that it's not about me. Um, and, and I think so much of my path as an artist is like, it's, it's inevitably gets a little bit self-centered because it's like, I'm the guy in the photos and the music videos. And, and it's like me and my life and my story and my songs and like, and, and I am the brand and it can, it can get a little bit, a little bit murky. Um, whereas when I show up there, all I want to do is give them a, a, an amazing experience and I want them to feel safe and cared for. And, and some instances they never had an adult that they really feel safe and they can trust and feel connected to. And so to provide them with that seminal moment of, Hey, this is, this is what's possible for you. And to support them in those moments where they want to give up or they're, they're afraid. Uh, or even I remember one girl like threw up in her sleeping bag at like two in the morning. And it's like, you know, so I like get up and I'm there and we're washing her sleeping bag and, and get, getting her a new sleeping bag. And like, that could be a really like annoying thing. You know, <laughs> you're just like, I'm trying to sleep. Um, uh, but I just, I just saw her and I just wanted her to have a clean sleeping bag and to, to feel okay. And to get some sleep and, and, it just kind of makes your heart grow. And uh, I'm not a, I'm not a parent yet. I aspire to be, um, but I imagine those are some of the moments that happen for, for parents where you, you just put somebody else first in a, in a beautiful way. Um, and so that's one of the great gifts. And, and then the other gift that's just so foundationally changed my life um, is we, t we teach them about integrity. Like that's kind of the, that's the, that's the word or the way of being that, that the whole program kind of leads into. And what's kind of been revealed to me in my life. And I, I've, I've been doing a lot of facilitation training in the last couple of years. And this is one of the, the resounding lessons from that work as well is, is that if we want to be a great mentor teacher, um, influence, guide, whatever that might be, our number one job is to embody whatever it is that we seek to teach and convey and communicate. And so I have had to check myself and grow into um, a much higher level of integrity in order to deserve my title as, as mentor, um, 
to these young people. And so it has every day of my life, I I'm asking myself, like, am I, am I doing what it is that I'm trying to teach and what I'm trying to share? And so it's changed. It's changed everything. Um, and I, I don't think that I was like a out of integrity person before or something or like, but I, I don't think I was, I was fully, um, fully living into the things that, that the curriculum and, and, um, and the kind of soul of what we're trying to share with them, I, it keeps me accountable to myself. Yeah. It sounds like, I mean, that just became your growth edge. Mm-hmm. It's not that you weren't a man of integrity, but the growth edge is how do I live into this every day? Yeah. Every moment, yeah. in fact. Every moment. Yeah. yeah. What a beautiful gift. And there's like a, I, ha- I have a constant barometer in or thermometer or whatever the, the word is uh, where I know, like, even I'm just present to like my morning this morning and and I, I had fallen out of, of my morning routine a bit. And, and, um, and so last night I was like, okay, what am I going to do to get back in integrity with this? And, and so I, I put the phone not by my bed, which meant that when the alarm went off, I had to get up and put on my gym clothes. And, and I, I, I came back into alignment with, with what I with my integrity around how I want to care for myself. But that is like part of my programming now where even when I'm not hitting the mark, I'm conscious of it. And I'm, and in a loving way, I'm able to, to gently bring myself back there because um, that's another thing that the work has taught me is like, we, we don't always get it right. Like these, the teenagers don't always get it right. It's not, helpful to kick someone when they're down or um like my job with 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 them is to be curious of of like what's happening is to to be slow and thoughtful and and realize that any behavior that they're exhibiting is is merely just a symptom like there's no bad kids there's only sad kids and so what's happening and and if you do that enough you practice that enough that a certain point you actually do that for yourself. Um, and you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm not a bad person. I'm a sad person, or I'm, I'm, I'm just experiencing something. And how can I sit with myself in the same way that I would sit for a young person who's going through some kind of struggle because we are essentially the same. Yeah. And the same grace and compassion that you're giving to them. It's now, how do you give that to yourself? Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, Peter, I could talk to you, you know, all day long. This could be the longest interview and we're just about out of time. So what I'm going to ask you first is how can people find out more about you, get your records, your, your CDs? How do people find out? Yeah, well, um, I, I kind of have two hubs. There's peterkatz.com, K-A-T-Z. In Canada, we say Z, but I'll <laughs> <Let's get KTZ. laughs> um, and then petercatspeaks.com um the, the websites kind of feed each other if you get confused um and then i'm on all socials at peter Katz music um so those are kind of the 
the places where I, I live. And, and certainly my music is available in all the places that uh, one gets their music. So, um, and yeah, I would say those, those are the links. Awesome. Well, before you play a song for us, we're going to end this interview with, with you playing a song. What is the essential message that you'd like to leave with the audience before you play? Hmm. I'll allow myself to let the answer come to me. Yeah. I think the thing that I, that I just wish for people is to do the thing that I just said is to be able to sit with yourself in the same way that you would your best friend or somebody that you love deeply. And I feel like the things that we say to ourselves, we would never say to <laughs> somebody that we love and care for. And so to be able to just like take that breath and give yourself the grace and the patience and the care and the thoughtfulness and the love and the admiration that you would give to another. Um, I would love to be part of supporting people doing that. Beautiful. Thank you, Peter. What, what are you going to play for us? Well, I, uh, I think I'll do a song from the, from the latest album from city of our lives. And uh, I think I'll play the song paper thin and it's a song about going through those difficult moments. And we like to avoid those difficult moments and we do everything in our power <laughs> to, to, to avoid them. Um, but this song, uh, I think lovingly looks at those moments and recognizes that those moments are our greatest teachers. That's where we, gain our greatest wisdom it's where we it's where our roots anchor into the ground in a in a nice way um and if 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 we see those moments as I, i'm not the first person to say this but if we're able to see those moments as happening for us instead of to us um and asking ourselves okay why is this happening right now like what 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 is coming up for me and what, what am I going to allow this uh, to teach me? And like I just said, how can I be with this moment uh, with the same care that I would be with somebody else who was going through a similar challenging moment? So um, yeah, I think it's the right song to button this discussion. Awesome. Um, and I am... Uh, I am coming to you. I, I have this amazing virtual setup at home um, with like fancy cameras and all the things, um, but I'm coming to you from the middle of the woods. So we will just <laughs> pray to the internet gods to uh, have some good bandwidth. And if there's the odd glitch, then that's just part of being human. That's right. So I'm just going to... Uh, change a couple things here on the microphone to make sure it's optimally set up for this and i'm going to do this there we go and 
moment. I'm going to do one more thing, and then we'll be ready to go. Here we go. This is Paper Thin. I can barely even talk about it now But I don't know any other way out I have pushed myself so hard for all these years Still it's not clear what for And all the roads I drive No longer lead me home I could fill an ocean With all that I don't know And I was safer In the insides of those walls But that's not all There is I know everything It falls apart Just wasn't ready for life To hit that hard and like the Space between the start and the end Or the mirror that is now and then Or the insides that are showing through my skin The paper thin When your biggest fear it ends up coming true It's when you find out what you have inside of you I am braver than I ever could have known These days have shown That to me Just wasn't ready for life to hit that hard and lack the narrow space between the start and the end, or the mirror that is now and then, or the insides that are showing through my skin. Paper thin. I feel my eyes adjusting to the dark, and I can see the light of far off stars. If I let myself get far enough away from the city of our lives and like the whole. Never really have I'm getting older 
It's not all in my hands, but I will not be afraid of the insides that are showing through my skin. I'm paper thin. I'm paper thin now. I'm paper thin now. I'm paper thin. Thank you. Thank you, Peter, so much for being here. My pleasure.